Hello, welcome to another episode of Houston, We Have a Podcast. Uh, on this week, or this month's episode, we will be talking about our most anticipated movies of 2021, uh, seeing as we just did a wrap-up of 2020 and our most favorite movies. Uh, so, joined by Paulo, your co-host here. What's up? Uh, so in this episode, basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our top 10 most anticipated movies of the year. Uh, not like the 2020 list where we did a consolidated version. We're just going to be rattling off, rattling off each of our individual top 10s. We have not discussed this at this point. I don't know what's on your list. You don't know what's <laughs> on my list. Uh, but we're basically going to just take turns talking about what we're looking forward to. I would also like to mention that it might not be completely fair because Carson probably has a good idea of what's on my list. And I have next to no idea of what's going to be on his <laughs> i'm going to try to explain mine as much as possible because like i did a lot of digging on these things um there's a number of like top 100 top 200 most anticipated lists out there so i tried to do some thorough research and i think that leads into what i wanted to say in advance of this which is i've been making top 10 most anticipated lists for each of the past like five or six years and then at the end of the year i go back and try to assess how accurate i was um, and it's usually like two or three of them end up being on my final top 10, three or four of them end up being like a huge miss. Uh, I think Passengers was on my most anticipated list in the year that it came out. Was it uh, really? It was. It definitely did <laughs> not end up in the top 10. Um, and so like, I've, I've been trying to figure out like, where are the misses coming from? And then there's movies that I've been looking forward to, not t necessarily seriously, but if I just say like some of my most anticipated movies of the last decade, probably Batman versus Superman and force awakens would be in there, but that's a very different type of anticipation than whether I actually think the movie's going to be good. So I've tried to focus on whether something is going to be good or not. And I'm taking an approach similar to like fantasy sports, uh, which I play a lot of, and I know you play as well, but it's like when you're drafting players heading into a fantasy sports season, like you don't pick who was best last year, you pick who you think is like trending upwards. And so a lot of my picks are based on directors of they've been doing good things and I think they're going to get better as opposed to like really good established directors who I think might be on a decline because that's where I've been incorrect in the past, which is like, okay, this person has done good stuff, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like with artists, there's like a, a peak that's like a short time frame, and then they're in and then they're out and it's like, okay, who can I predict is going into that peak as opposed to just like, oh, I like this person's stuff in the past. Yeah, that's a good example because I kind of do the same thing when it comes, I mean, in terms of thinking of like movies that I'm looking forward to, it's kind of uh, like fantasy basketball where I'll draft a lot on potential um, and I like potential for movies being like there's all these elements that I think that I'll like all together, but um, just like uh, most of my fantasy basketball seasons, my picks often don't turn out well <laughs> um and i i don't know i mean it's not changing the way that i've picked these 10 <laughs> but um i mean it's it's mostly stuff that just just piqued my interest so i don't know we'll see how it goes i have but, low expectations regardless <laughs> but there isn't i think it's just like an interesting wrinkle when it comes to like predicting the path of artist careers because in sports, it's much more linear sometimes. Whereas with an artist, it's like, okay, you do two, three really good indie movies and then you get the attention, you get a big blockbuster movie and now they're just in for the money. And so they're not like, I'm really just talking about Ryan Johnson here, but like also other people. <laughs> um, 
And so it's like, okay, has this person become too successful for their own good or are they still like doing the type of things that they're good at? Well, I mean, a lot of it is subjective too, right? Um, uh, I remember Guillermo del Toro said on, I think one of those late night talk show interviews, he was like, uh, success and failure live next door to each other, but there's no number on the door. Hmm. So. Interesting. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess basically the format we're going to do is I'm going to kind of list off my 10 and then your 10 and then my nine and, you know, so on and so forth until we get down to our number one most anticipated movie of the year. Uh, do you have any like honorable mentions or anything you want to preface before we get into it? Um, yeah, what, the one that's stuck in my mind that uh, I didn't include on my list uh, is Matrix 4. <laughs> um, I don't know, that might be a surprise. I feel like you might have expected that to actually be on my list, but I don't know. I, it just doesn't seem... I, I don't feel hype. I don't feel any hype about it at all, which is kind of surprising to me, but also like it's been such a long time that the magic is gone maybe and also the last two movies weren't that great so uh i was actually a big fan of number two and three and that's actually my 26th most anticipated movie of the year <laughs> um but it's like that world is so interesting that if they don't feel too like if they don't try to soft reboot it like if they try to do something interesting on their own like i could see there that could definitely be in, could be interesting whether mm -hmm. it will be you know who knows yeah, I guess, and, and that's uh, that ties in very well to my my tenth movie. But I, I don't. Do you have any honorable mentions? I don't have. So why don't you take it away? Okay. Yeah. So I, I said that it ties in pretty well because um, number ten uh, on my list is Space Jam Two, or Space <laughs> Jam: A New Legacy. Um, and you mentioned that like if the Matrix Four doesn't just reboot like the Matrix. Um, that it might be good. And like, if it explores that world, it's it, like half of what you said applies to Space Jam 2. If it's not just a reboot with LeBron, then maybe it'll be cool. But there's not really a universe to uh, <laughs> to explore there. It's just, it's more of like a, what's the word? It's more of like a, 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 a spectacle. Or no, it's like, what's the bad version of a spectacle? Train wreck. <laughs> No, 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 I mean, it's like, I don't, I, English is hard. Um, I'm not looking forward to it because I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. It's like a morbid curiosity. Yeah, Although when, LeBron was a good actor in Trainwreck, so, <laughs> I mean, was, for an athlete. I agree. Um, when he first got announced for that, I think it was back when he was with the heat where everyone hated him and not that people don't hate him anymore, but like I was almost hoping that he was going to take a route of, you know, go a completely different direction and almost be like the villain because that would be an interesting twist. But I, I think they are going to just completely reboot it. Exact same story. Yeah, oh man. I mean, that really makes me sad, which also, is, I mean, is like, is it still bugs bunny? Yeah. Do I any mean, kids these days know Bugs Bunny anymore? <laughs> I mean, well, they can't reboot it with like the Minions or, or Paw Patrol people, right? Dogs, not people, whatever. <laughs> I don't know kids stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really hope they don't just reboot it. But honestly, I don't even. It's like a catch twenty two because if they don't reboot it, what? How else are you gonna do Space Jam? 
but yeah. what it does have going for it is that the director also directed Undercover Brother. So <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I just looked it up. Um, so you know, maybe if if they if I get Undercover Brother vibes, <laughs> it's Space Jam Two. It'll be a it'll be a hit. Fair enough. Um, all right, my tenth most anticipated movie is uh, your director. We talked about it a couple episodes ago. Wes Anderson is coming out with a new movie this year. It's called The French Dispatch. It's got all the usual suspects plus Benicio del Toro and Timothy Chalamet. And it's like this is what I was talking about before of uh, not trying to pick directors that are maybe on the downswing of their career. And I don't think like Wes Anderson's a very talented director. I like all of his movies. I rewatch all of them, but it's it does feel like he's kind of decreasing, not decreasing in talent, but it's just like it doesn't have the same spirit that he had used to have in his earlier movies. And so I think um, when I made my list last year this was like number two or number three on my list and so it's still in my top 10 but it's much further down the list um yeah it'll it's one of those things like it'll be well made it'll be good it'll be have like funny moments i just i don't expect it to have a soul so to speak <laughs> i mean the trailer looked nice i when i was doing research for like upcoming movies i i saw this one and i'm not going to keep beating the dead horse of how i don't get or particularly enjoy Wes Anderson movies, but I think what it is, I, I, I think I like Wes Anderson trailers because it looks, it looks nice. It looks cool. But if it's, if I'm watching that for two hours, I kind of, kind of loses me. Have but you I mean, seen the, uh, the Wes Anderson Spider-Man trailers? What? There's like, so, no. like there's a bunch of these like versions that like, you know, film students will try to make like a, a funny Wes Anderson version of a movie. And it's like, oh, oh what if Wes Anderson made Spider-Man? Anyway, I mean, I would, I would watch that movie if that happened. I'll, I'll check it out. Did you see the? There's a SNL sketch. I think I mentioned this before, but there's an SNL sketch about a Wes Anderson horror movie. I think I did. Uh, I watched that after. I don't remember anything about it, but I remember you recommended it, and I watched it. And I thought <laughs> it was kind of funny, and then I forgot about it. Yeah. But he is still saying he wants to do a horror movie at some point in his life. Which is, is similar really? to another movie that's going to be further on my list that I'll talk about. Oh, okay. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out uh, to Saw Spiral <laughs> because Chris Rock is in it. And when I saw the trailer, I thought it was a joke. Chris Rock in Toronto. Yes, yes, it was. Sorry, one more shout out. The man from Toronto. <laughs> All right. Uh, also shot in Toronto. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Looks like a typical Kevin Hart movie, but that's Kevin I mean, Hart and Woody Harrelson, I think. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, not not on my top ten either. Probably like fifteen. Yeah, that didn't make my top thirty. So. <laughs> I figured. Um, should how about you go? You do your ninth. We'll okay. we'll, we'll do a snake uh, snake <laughs> All right. or snake list. Uh, so my ninth is Decision to Leave, which is a movie from Korean director uh, Park Chan-wook, who did the Vengeance trilogy with Oldboy. Um, he did JSA, which was one of like his more popular movies early in his career. And then he didn't do a whole lot. And then recently he's done Stoker and Handmaiden, which are just like really well-crafted suspense movies. And so uh, he's got that. And, and this one, from what I gather, is a 
crime mystery suspense movie about a detective uh, investigating the murder of some guy, and then he gets entangled with his wife. I don't know anything more about it, but I'm picking this on the value of Park Chan-wook-ron, which, again, even though I've said I'm not going to make this list based on directors who I just like their past work, um, he was kind of going downhill, and now he's kind of gone back up in the last couple movies of his career. And like those type of suspense and just good mood movies uh, are things that I typically enjoy. So I feel like it might not be my favorite movie at the end of the year, but it's a pretty safe bet that it'll be on the list. Cool. I don't know anything about any of that except for uh, the director who did Old Boy. And I also is... don't know any of the actors or actresses. There's one actress from a Chinese movie Lust Caution, which I know was popular like 15 years ago. Uh, but aside <laughs> from that, I don't know the cast well. All right. That's cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the director and I don't know any of his other stuff. You don't know Old Boy? I, I know Old Boy, but I don't know anything else. The, Old Boy, so, is... Uh, Old Boy is part of uh, three movies that's called the Vengeance Trilogy. They're not like a, a formal trilogy, but it's like three movies about revenge. And right. I think that Old Boy is my least favorite of that trilogy. Like, they're all good, but Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is a really, really good movie. And then Lady Vengeance is pretty good as well. So even though Old Boy gets the most attention, I, I think the other two are well worth them on their own as well. Is it just because Old Boy is the most fucked up out of the three? No, that's the part I liked about those ones. But <laughs> the other two actually might be more fucked up. Oh, okay. Just not in as a sexual way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because uh, previous guest on our podcast, Aaron, and potentially future guest, um, it, back in high school, our thing was he would, I don't know, he'd watch, he'd find a lot of Japanese and Korean movies that were really fucked up for us to watch. And Old Boy was one of them. And that was, I don't know, just completely random. And I, I lived with that memory of that movie for ever since. Everyone remembers the ending, but like the hallway scene with the hammers is my favorite scene from that movie. I, I remember that too. Those are the two only scenes that I, I remember. And then and then I remember the the remake with Samuel L. Jackson. I try which to was forget a, that one. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, number nine on my list is, uh, and this is this is interchangeable with Space Jam, but uh, Death on the Nile, hmm. um, which was uh, which is a sequel or part of the series of Murder on the Orient Express, which I believe is also a book series uh, I've never read, but um, I quite like mystery type movies, and the even though Murder on the Orient Express was I don't know. It was like a, a light murder movie. It was a little strange because um, the the main character, what's the inspector inspector's name? Hercule Poirot. Yeah. Uh, played by Kenneth Branagh, who uh, I'm also a fan of. But he, it just it was weird because he just seemed to know everything, <laughs> um, which doesn't work well when you're making a good mystery movie. I, I mean, at, at least for myself. But um, I don't know. I still enjoyed the 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 ride. Um, and also Gal Gadot is in it. <laughs> I was going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, oh, and Russell Brand. Uh, I was yeah. uh, as recently we were watching the the first Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movie, and because I I like that movie more than I think 
like it was really popular at the time and then it really dropped off but just watching back on it like i liked all the clues that they like set up throughout the movie and it, it feels earned when he has the reveal at the end whereas like i agree with you murder in the orient express it's just like okay you just knew everything and they didn't yeah, really set like up a much. It, it does feel like a book that was written a long time ago which is exactly what it is so it's like i i like the characters i hope they updated a bit i don't know i i don't mind that it was like i, I don't know i guess dated um or it felt dated just because it was more of just like a a distraction or like a turn my brain off uh escape type thing um yeah it, again interchangeable with nine and ten fair <laughs> um number eight number eight it's me again right yep um <laughs> so i'm looking forward to resident evil the new resident evil movie this is news Wait. to me that there's a new resident evil movie really yeah um it's uh yeah they're completely rebooting it apparently and uh there's a lot of actors who are like you'll recognize their faces because they've been in things but not like they, they've never been like the main character of anything um like you know that crawl movie with the uh crocodiles and there's like flooding yes. and the girl uh yeah so she is like one of the main characters she's claire redfield um and it's just like people people like that there's like one guy from who's like a very tiny role in Zombieland 2 who's leon kennedy which is really weird to me because he's like the most iconic character of the resident evil series or one of them um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm a fan of the, uh, the series or the Resident Evil franchise. Um, and I'm really happy that, uh, Mila Jovovich is not in it and it's not directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. So, I mean, I don't have super high hopes, but it does look like it's going to be following the original story a lot closer. Um, so yeah, yeah. Look, looking forward to that. I'm, uh looking up some of the characters on here and yeah like i remember because we talked about on our video game episode like what stories wanted to be adapted and we talked about how resident evil has a story that has nothing to do with what the movies are which is news to me because i haven't really played the video games but i'm <laughs> recognizing more names on this cast list in terms of characters that are seem like actually part of it yeah uh, seems like it has the guy from umbrella academy yes oh um the 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 wasp from Ant Man no not sorry not the wasp the the villain from Ant Man and the Wasp is also in it. Uh, the, the she's what's Jill her name? Valentine. Jill yes Hannah John Kamen Kamen. Um, eh, I don't yeah. I don't mind this cast list like there's there's some potential there. Uh, this uh, director doesn't have a whole lot to his name though. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I mean it's the name mostly that I'm looking forward to and and the story which I mean like I said it it follows the game it seems to follow the game a little more closely it's not some in, insanity with like religious zombie cult and clones of a superhero Yeah I don't think you can get any worse so <laughs> Yeah well I don't know <laughs> I again so like Resident Evil, the name is like a double-edged sword, because like it could go, it really could go either way for me. I don't know. We'll see. 
Uh, that's fair. Um, my number eight is in a very different direction, both from your previous, but also the rest of my list. Um, it's a movie called Blonde uh, from a director named Andrew Dominic, who basically makes a movie once every seven or eight years, and it's really good, and then he doesn't do anything ever. Um, so this one stars uh, Ana de Armas as uh, Marilyn Monroe. Um, it's like a biopic, but it's like a fictionalized story. And I don't know whether fictionalized means a few edits to her life or it's like uh, Inglorious Bastards style, like you know, <laughs> completely ignoring reality of history. Um, but this is high on a lot of people's lists. And so the previous movies that this guy had done, uh, he did The Assassination of Jesse James, a uh, Brad Pitt movie. Uh, he did a movie called Chopper back in like 2000, which was just like an Australian, I don't even know how to call it, like a redneck type violent story. Um, and then he did okay. Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt, I think seven years ago or so, uh, uh, which was underrated for that year, but I actually quite liked. And so this is quite different than what he's done in the past, but I'm hoping it goes in the direction of like very, very fictionalized and like stylish. Um, and just based on the quality of the director on his own. And also, like, Ana de Armas in... Um... Knives Out? Yeah, Knives Out. She actually did a really good job. Like, I wasn't expecting much from her, because yeah. even, you know, Blade Runner, which is a movie I really liked, like, she didn't have much of a role. But it's like, she she held her own in Knives Out quite well, and it's like, I think she could be a good actress um, in the future. So I think this is, like, her role to prove that or not. So, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was just going to mention that, too big gamble i don't know like <laughs> decent opportunities doesn't end up on my final list but uh <laughs> i don't know worth looking forward to i mean she's an interesting choice for marilyn monroe um i mean unless i just completely don't know anything about marilyn monroe or know even less than i think i do about marilyn monroe but yeah like you said uh i was a huge fan of of anna diarmas in uh knives out thought she did really good yeah, I think it's an odd like casting choice, which is kind of makes me more interested in it because it's like, okay, you're probably not trying to aim for 100% reality here if this is your <laughs> casting choice. Like, there's probably more conventional picks. Um, but I wonder who is the more bizarre casting: her for Marilyn Monroe or Kristen Stewart for Princess Diana this year? Oh, also, I a movie that's not... coming out later in the year, which is not I on my top ten list. But one. it's not on your top ten. It's not on my top ten. I'll oh, be okay. interested in it, but I don't know how good it's going to be. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of her, and she kind of looks like she kind of looks like her. But the the thing I'm most curious about is because I think she has a natural accent. Yeah. But I don't know. Cool. Also, um, quick random shout out, which has nothing to do with anything, but Garrett Dillahunt, who is in that blonde movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he's like a, another small, I guess, is it B-list? Is that a, is that an insult? <laughs> I hope not. No, I think that's, but, I don't know who he is. Like, what has he been? Yeah, uh, he was in No Country for Old Men. He was like Tom, Tommy Lee Jones's partner. It's been a long time like, since I've watched that. He's, a, he's a police officer. He's in like, you'll see his face. Oh, he was in uh, Looper. He was the guy that gets exploded by the little kid near the end. Uh, that's probably I don't not... remember any of these things. Now. I mean, if he's he's one of those guys, one of those actors. If you see his face, you'll like, you'll know that you've seen him before. That's fair. Um, I'll look it up. Yeah, but uh, but the first movie that I ever watched at TIFF, he was he was in. It was a uh, it was called Beast. It was a uh, about a a Filipino boxer in Manila and his dad, and he was playing the dad. And then they did a 
question answered thing and he was there <laughs> so i saw him in person it was cool sorry completely random tangent oh i'm looking him up he's like he's that guy he's that guy yeah i feel like he's one of these guys where there's like four people that look exactly the same and they're like different but they look 99 percent similar <laughs> and then whichever one's available they'll cast yeah <laughs> if you're listening to this look it up and you'll understand yeah yeah um all right my number seven going in a more similar to the style of the rest of the movies on this list uh, is a movie called Rebel Ridge uh, from a director named Jeremy Saunier. I don't know if it's Saunier or Saulnier. Um, he previously did movies uh, Blue Ruin, Green Room, um, and then Hold the Dark. Basically, he's known for very gritty, violent, bloody, realistic movies. Um, Blue Ruin was a movie where like almost nothing happens for 95% of it and then it gets extremely violent. Whereas Green Room was like a uh, punk rock band on the run from neo-Nazis and it gets extremely violent. Hold the Dark uh, was kind of messy and all over the place, but still had like good action to it. Um, Rebel Ridge, I don't know too much about the plot of it other than it's about... Uh, a bit of like social injustice type themes. Uh, John Boyega stars in it. So I'm sure it's going to be related to like uh, racism in the US and probably about cops. It has the babe pig in the city old guy who I feel like has been the same age for like the last 40 years. Um, like the old guy. Babe pig in the city. He's not in regular, like original babe. No, like the old guy in babe, like the guy who he's like, that'll do pig. Oh. You know that guy? Anyway, I, I like when older actors like who are not known for gritty roles all of a sudden take on like a violent movie. It just like, I don't know, for whatever reason entertains me. So I, I don't think this is going to be like a an Oscar movie. It's not one I'd probably recommend to other people. This is like very specifically my type of movie and I'll enjoy it for that level. Okay. I mean, the, the, the description... Uh, is interesting to me a high velocity thriller that explores systematic systemic sorry american injustices through bone breaking action sequences suspense and dark humor i mean i would wa- i would watch that but I then also, if it's something um, sorry, go ahead. what's that uh i recently one of his his first movie that he did uh recently popped up on prime video it's called murder party uh which is basically the story of like this lonely guy who gets invited to a halloween party where people are going to murder him um, oh, I've seen part of that. Yeah, so he does like very violent, but also like comedically over violent. And so it's like, I feel like he's trending towards like getting more and more violent as his movies go along. Um, I don't know. Interesting enough. I'm curious to see like where he'll, because Hold the Dark, his most recent movie was kind of like a, a down step. And it's like, I wonder how he'll rebound from that. Oh, wow. If it's anything like Murder Party, which is not because I loved Murder Party, but that like that plot with the rest of his movies of... have not been like that at all oh, okay <laughs> like well, uh then... blue ruin is basically a guy who's like i think his, some people like kill his family or whatnot and then he like becomes homeless and just like sits around for 95 percent of the movie looking forward to try to kill somebody um but it's like he has no experience with being violent and it's like it you can feel that and so it's like very very realistic and grounded and then a couple short bursts of violence Oh, okay. I'll wait for a trailer then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it? It's my turn, right? Yep. Um, 
So looking at this movie on this point of the list, what is it? Six, one, two, three, four, five, seven, seven. seven. Um, I feel like I'm less, I'm slightly less looking forward to this one than something like Resident Evil, which is a little surprising to me, but it's no time to die. Um, the latest, uh, Daniel Craig, uh, James Bond movie, um, directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Um, it also has Anna Darmas, uh, and, um, Rami Malek who was uh, Freddie Mercury and what's that TV show that everyone uh, Mr. Was Robot like, or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it, but apparently it was, everyone loved it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I, the, the Daniel Craig's James Bond movies have slowly or gradually gotten slightly less interesting to me as they've gone on. Um, uh, I mean, they're still cool, I guess, but I think I, my preference is just the, like the Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movies, which were always more ridiculous and campy. Um, and I, I did appreciate the, the approach that, uh, the Daniel Craig James Bond movies took early on, at least early on. Um, but I mean, it, they're a little too, I don't know. I, I'll still watch them, but. I don't have super high hopes about this one. It's a safe bet that it'll be good, but I think my biggest issue with them lately is they're trying to tie into this big story of these overarching like villains and characters that are, um, I guess like controlling his whole life and stuff like that. And it's like, by the time this movie comes out, I already forgot what happened in the previous ones. So like <laughs> yeah. you're relying on me to understand, like uh, I forget what the, the one French uh, actress's name is, but it's like, oh, she has a connection with her. But I'm like, I, I forgot it already. Um, it's the same with like the Mission Impossible ones where it's like, I don't remember what happened in the last one. Just give me like a good isolated story. And it's like, they do good action and they do good like effects. And, you know, uh, the actors like commit to the roles physically. So it's like, okay, it'll be entertaining. Just like, just don't lean too hard on that overarching story because I don't care. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the good things about, like, for example, the Mission Impossible movies. M- Mission Impossible movies. I don't think there's a whole lot of connection between any of them. Um, I mean, even if there is, it doesn't really matter when you're watching that movie. Uh, when you're watching those movies, sorry. Um, whereas, yeah, like you said, in in the James Bond movies, I like I didn't grow up on like the original James Bond, and I don't know all those stories with like the like Moonraker and uh, uh, what's the Blofeld. Like, I'm sure they're significant, but, like, as a reveal, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't hit me as much as it would a real fan, which, I mean, I guess good for them. I'm on the other side of fan service now (laughs) for those things, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's good. I'll still watch them. I'm not in any hurry, but I'll watch it. Like, what was the most recent one? Uh... The, the last James Bond movie, it had like Dave Bautista in it. And yeah, I remember um, like the, the image of the poster and it was like a, a piece of ice that looked like a spider. Uh, but I don't remember. I don't even remember. Oh, Spectre. Yes. Spectre. Yeah. Like, and it's exactly like you mentioned, like how you, you can't really remember what happened in even the last couple movies. And I've, I've rewatched Spectre and I've watched Quantum of Solace like a long time ago. And I, yeah, it, 
I don't know if it's I, if I had fallen asleep or I just stopped paying attention, but like I, it's I, the the continuing storyline is is not working for me. But I mean, I like I like James Bond. It's a spy movie and it's cool, and I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, the the value of some of those movies are like when the villain is good, and it's like I don't want to build up of a villain. Just give me like Javier Bardem was a really good villain in Skyfall. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't need him to have this big history. You, you introduced at the beginning of the movie and then you resolve it by the end. And that's, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- there wasn't much of a callback afterwards. I mean, what I do remember inspector was that cause like he was part of the organization that uh, is ruining Daniel Craig's life. I don't know why I said Daniel, Daniel Craig at James Bond is much easier to say, but <laughs> yeah, whatevs. Uh, oh, it's my turn again, right? Yep. So I've mentioned uh, this movie in a previous podcast, uh, which is funny because it was one of the ones that I was I was saying I was looking forward to, and I didn't realize. I don't know if it's been pushed back, or I just didn't realize that it was coming out a year later because it's coming out in March. Uh, it's called The Green Knight, um, uh, with uh, Dev Patel, uh, Alicia Vikander, um, and I mean there's still not a whole lot that I know or that's even been released so that anyone knows about this movie. But I mean, just the visuals in the trailer looked really cool. I think I mentioned before, it looks like a a Kendrick Lamar music video. Um, I still feel that or a cross between a Kendrick Lamar music video and like uh, 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 Guillermo del Toro as Hellboy, (laughs) Mm. Um, which I mean, I don't know if I'm painting a good picture because it has nothing to do with Hellboy or like sci-fi, but I mean, just the, just the visuals and the style um, that's, I get uh, uh, those kind of vibes. Um, and I don't know. It, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, very curious. Yeah. This movie is actually much higher on my list. Uh, oh. So I'll bring it up later, but yeah. So the director, David Lowry, uh, he did a ghost story, which was one of my favorite movies of the last like decade or so. Very different style of movie than I think Green Knight is going to be. Um, but then he also did The Old Man and the Gun, uh, which is about an old man robbing banks, and he's really kind and thinking about life. So it's like all those movies are very different. It's really hard to guess what this one's going to be like. But like the trailer has me hooked. Like it, uh, I think Hellboy is like a, a really good comparison because it has that mythical and fantasy vibe to it that it's not just like a a gritty medieval story and for those who don't know this is like a king arthur type tale oh yeah Um, he's like one of the knights of that realm back in like the 10th century um so i i feel like it's going to be very stylish uh dev patel in the lead role he's a good actor um i'm curious to see where it's going to go and i think it's rated r so it's like i don't think this is going to be like a yeah standard pg-13 like action movie yeah and I, I guess may, I think maybe part of it is uh, what was that the King Arthur movie? It was a King Arthur movie, right? With um, Jude Law and yeah. uh, the the guy Richie one. That I mean, it's completely unrelated, but that one was well done, and I I hope they do. I'm I'm hoping that they do another good King Arthur movie, even though that last one flopped. Which I, I really like that movie, by the way. And it's yeah. not because I met my now wife while watching that movie. Um, <laughs> so there's that version. But like, I rewatched it and like, it holds up. It's a solid movie. And I like yeah. how they go into like the, 
the mythical side of it like all that that fantasy like for me like superheroes are kind of boring me a little bit because there's almost like there's only so far you can go with that but it's like let's just change up the the visuals so instead of you know robots and people shooting red things out of their eyes or arms it's like hey, let's just go back to like a thousand years ago and it's like you can tell the same type of story but you know change up the visuals a bit so i i am all for more king arthur style movies yep i agree um all right so i'm next up here so my number six movie is those who wish me dead uh written and directed by taylor sheridan who wrote sicario uh, but then wrote and directed uh, Hell or High Water, which had some recognition uh, in the Oscars. I think it was nominated for Best Picture. Um, and then he also did Wind River, which Ooh. not a lot of people liked, but I really liked that movie. It just like, I again, love that movie. Going back to like suspense and like crime mysteries and stuff like that. And like he especially does well with, uh, and especially in Hell or High Water, I think he did well with capturing rural communities. Um, where I think they were in Texas at the time, and then uh, Wind River, I want to say it was like more up north in the U.S. Alaska? Uh, yeah, I don't think it was Alaska. I think it was like Dakota or something. But um, this one takes place in Montana, so it feels like it has that same vibe where it's like out in the countryside, out in rural communities. Um, I think the plot is around a teen who witnesses a murder who then has to be protected from, I think, twin assassins have come to like take him out. Um, I don't know who the teen is because Nicholas Holt stars in the movie and I really hope they're not trying not to pass him off as a teenager. Um, they probably I, will. <laughs> I don't see anyone on the cast list that is remotely close to being a teen. Uh, it's not going to be Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you also got Angelina Jolie. You have like a really interesting cast of people. So I am almost getting vibes of Smoke and Aces, but at the same time, Taylor Sheridan, just because you have like, I don't know, wacky assassins. I don't know why that's... Oh, okay. Um, but Taylor Sheridan does much more, like much better at like the rural uh, type gritty type thing. So I feel like this is all the right things for him to like be in his wheelhouse. And like, he's a great writer and he's getting better at directing. He's got a good cast with him. So uh, I, I have high hopes for this one. I don't particularly like the cast aside from like John Bernthal, but it does look interesting. I would I would also look forward to this. I also want to rewind a little bit. Because I just I said I realized that I said I love the movie, uh, Wind was it Wind River, mm-hmm. and it's like I want to reach backtrack on that a little bit because it's like a complete it's like a horrible story about a, a rape <laughs> like a murder and it's rape. okay we didn't interpret that you were supporting that <laughs> just want to be completely clear it's a great movie it's a, it's terrible actions. Yeah, there's a really good shootout in that movie, which I always get yes. confused with the shootout in Hold the Dark. Um, is there, which, does Wind River have a movie where somebody is holed up in like a barn and has like a minigun up the attic? Okay, no. I'm thinking of Hold the Dark then. Okay. No, but um, it's equally, although that sounds awesome, the, the Wind River shootout is equally as cool. I mean, I think maybe not cool is the right word because it's, it's kind of sad. I I felt that, like it was it was a very like good action in that shootout but it was just sad that it just felt like a waste like those guys were idiots i i'm spoiling the movie but i mean i i'm coming close to spoiling the movie but well it's it's one of those gunfights where 
you know, some movies glorify violence and they're like, oh, that's so cool. And like, you want to get in and you want to have a gun. It's like a scene like that. You want to, you want to not be near weapons or guns for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Like it shows like the more reality of it. It's accurate. Um, Uh, Is it your turn still? Yep. So my number five is a movie that doesn't have a title yet, but is currently going by the name Soggy Bottom, uh, which is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson who did uh, There Will Be Blood, Inherent Vice, Phantom Thread. Very, very good director. I would say just in terms of like technical filmmaking, he's probably best one or two filmmakers out there today. Um, He does, I don't know, his movies as of late, so like Inherent Vice and The Master, they feel a little bit unfocused, but just in terms of like visual filmmaking and direction and like acting, especially like just how he, you know, writes and guides actors and like hiring the right actors like just really really well-made stuff um this movie i don't know a ton about it it says something about like a teen who is also like a movie star it has bradley cooper uh if you see pictures of him he's like full 70s like long hair and big beard type like hippie (laughs) guy um and then it also has a actor slash director benny safty who directed uncut gems and he also directed and starred in good times which is a robert pattinson movies from a couple years ago and just one of those guys watched by the way (laughs) which is a good movie um but he's one of these guys of like i feel like he chooses his projects not for like money but because he's like genuinely interested in the project i don't know whether this is true or not i don't know the guy but like (laughs) there's certain types of actors where it's like when you see their part of it it's like okay there's there's something more artistic going on here, which like, not that I needed that with Paul Thomas Anderson, because he's one of the best directors out there. Um, So I'm purely just putting this on the list because, you know, a director who makes a movie every four years and it's amazing. So even though I don't know much about this, I'm sure it will be really, really good. You, you worried me for a quick second because his name gave me PTSD flashbacks of uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) the uh, resident evil director but no i'm not looking forward to any paul ws anderson movie <laughs> at any point in history who knows he might reinvent himself pull like no, i'm just gonna stop there <laughs> um uh my number five movie is the suicide squad um which and i'm gonna i'm gonna say yeah. uh unpopular opinion Actually, no, not really. I enjoyed the original Suicide Squad. I fully understand that it was not a good movie. I enjoyed just watching it. <laughs> um, and I've watched it again. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, as a, like, as a, as a, a movie, like a, if we're talking like, what's the word? Like a technic? no, not a, like a, uh, like how you, how you think of like, how a movie is made or like built or constructed well made suicide squad of course is not that but again i'm just going in circles saying that i liked it um but i feel like um the suicide squad is one going to be much better uh mostly because of james gunn and even though Taika Waititi, I don't think he writ, wrote or directed anything in this, but just having his name there uh, is makes me happy. So, um, I yeah, I I am very I am really looking forward to it. And my old friend Idris Elba is also in it. <laughs> oh, sorry, and 
I, I I need to say more about the cast because like there's a lot of other people that I really like in this. Uh, Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion uh, from Firefly and Serenity. Um, I mean, I don't particularly care about John Cena, but I do think I I guess I do find him funny in a lot of the roles that he's maybe not a lot, but a few of the roles that he's done. Um, and uh, I think the role that he's taking is appropriate use of John Cena. So yes, yes, that too. Um, oh, and Pete Davidson as well. I I hope he doesn't have like a. What's his? Is Adam Beach the guy in the first Suicide Squad who like died in thirty seconds? I don't think it was Adam Beach, but I know who you're talking about. The yeah, the guy who who had like a a five second intro intro like, hey, this guy could climb anything, and then he next scene his head gets blown off. Um, I do get vibes with that cast though of uh, Deadpool two when they put the team together and then immediately <laughs> kill them all off. It's like it feels like they have too many characters to hold a story for, but I'm interested anyway yeah. because especially like yes. they've brought out all the weirdest DC characters, which I'm a huge fan of. It's like they're not taking it seriously. They're not trying to be like, oh, let's make these badass superhero characters. They're like, they're embracing the inherent silliness of this whole universe. Yeah, which is what James Gunn does, right? Like, I think that's his whole mm-hmm. his whole style. So, yeah, I appreciate that. And I am really looking forward to it. Oh, wait, no. Me? You. Just still you, yeah. Sorry. I, this, this is <laughs> this needlessly <state>. confusing. <laughs> When do we when do we ever do things the easy way on Houston? We have a podcast. Um, my next, uh, my fourth movie, uh, the fourth, sorry, ranked for number four on my list is Candyman, um, which uh, is uh, written by Jordan Peele. I don't know anything about the director. Uh, I only recognize one person in it, um, who's the guy from uh, Aquaman. Uh, the villain in Aquaman, or one of them, the uh, Manta Ray guy. Black Mantis, I think. Black Manta, Mantis, Manta, and uh, I think he was also in my favorite episode of Black Mirror. Yep, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh, look him up in Black Mirror. His name is Yaya Abdul Mateen, and then watch the episode of Black Mirror. It's pretty funny. It's also I mean, in I don't Matrix think it's... Four. Sorry, he's, he's also in Matrix in... Four. I'm just looking at this on IMDb right now, and yes, he oh, is. Oh, okay. Anyways, yeah, sorry. I don't know. So, uh, back a bit of background. I don't, I'm not particularly familiar with uh, the, the story or the character of Candyman. I know it's a horror movie, um, and uh, there are, well, actually, that's pretty much all I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, the fact that Jordan Peele wrote it, um, and... Um, the the tra- the style of the trailer grabbed my attention so i mean i do appreciate horror movie horror movies a lot more now than i did maybe 5 10 years ago cuz i just was too chicken shit to watch any of them but i've really started to watch a lot more now and i'm enjoying them and i think this will be well done because i'm putting a lot of stock in jordan peele's uh work so uh, yeah yeah, this is one of those, like, I'm aware that it was a horror movie that pre-existed and I was not interested in there being a reboot. Uh, I saw the trailer and it actually looked quite good. 
Uh, it's definitely not my type of movie, so I don't even know if I'll watch it, but it looked a lot better than I expected it was going to be. Yep. Um, okay, my next movie, number four on my list, is a movie that doesn't require a lot of conversation because we've already talked about it a lot. It's Dune. Uh, <laughs> this was number one on my last year's most anticipated list, and it's basically been downgraded because, uh, as I previously mentioned, like at a certain point, directors have a miss, and I just feel like Denis Villeneuve is due for a miss at some point. And even, like, maybe I'm having, like, a flashbacks of force awakens and batman versus superman where it's like <laughs> a movie this big and this anticipated like it can never hold up to my expectations um and then i also rewatched the 1980s dune movie <clears throat> so it's like i don't know how much you can do with a story that i already know and it's like it's not like there, there's a lot of weird things you can do with the story and i'm not sure how much like i haven't read the actually i think i did read the book when i was really young but i haven't read it in a long time and so it's like I'm sure there's stuff there you can do. I'm sure it will be very well made, and that's why it's this high on the list still. I just I don't think it's gonna be my favorite movie of the year. Can you? Okay, so I I had heard about Dune a very long time ago, and I I think when I was a lot younger, I tried to watch it because I was like, oh, I like Star Wars, I like science fiction, so I'll watch this. I think it was on TV or something. This looks like sci-fi, and then I was very bored. Um. Um, can you explain, to, and I never ended up finishing it or like having any of it committed to memory. Can you explain to me what the story of Dune is? So before going into the story of Dune, there's a lot of context on that 1980s movie. Um, if you've ever, there's a documentary out there called Jodorowsky's Dune, who I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, but basically he's this crazy Mexican director who tried to adapt this movie as like a life-changing movie that's going to enlighten the world. And he had all these crazy things put together. Like uh, he had Mick Jagger, he had Salvador Dali, he had Orson Welles, he had Pink Floyd doing the soundtrack. He had like all of these crazy p people put together as well as like, um, so H.R. Geiger, who's the one who designed the alien from Alien, um, who has become like an iconic you know artist since then. Like he put him together. He also got some of the visual people from Star Wars. Like he had all of these amazing things with like the highest ambitions. And then- <laughs> the studio kind of got cold feet and then just canceled it and handed it over to David Lynch to make it like very quickly. And so <laughs> the end result is just like a very generic version of a sci-fi movie from like the seventies or eighties, which I think still follows like the general plot of the book, but it's, it definitely didn't do justice to the source material and wasn't as like bizarre as what the original design was. So I wouldn't put a ton of stock in like the 1984 movie. Uh, because it, there was so much like behind the scenes stuff and definitely check out the documentary. It's very, very interesting. Um, okay. But it's, I don't know, it, the plot, it's like your basic space messiah type thing. Like it, I'm sure there's a lot of it that inspired Star Wars because it is like, you know, here's a young person from like a family of, you know, meaning or royalty and they go to like a world to like resolve disputes and there's space aliens of sorts and there's like crazy tribes and politics of people that are feuding <laughs> so it's it's a pretty standard story but there's just like a very developed world that you can go into okay cool i i have a feeling so i've i have not looked forward i mean considering my previous experience which i i mean i lend partly to 
being too young to appreciate any of the things that you mentioned that went or was was intended to go into this movie um but um i i, I expect it to be kind of uh an experience like the first time i watched lord of the rings where when i was really really young i was a super fan of harry potter and then for one of my birthdays, uh, I went to watch Lord of the Rings with a few friends from high uh, sorry, not high school, <laughs> elementary school. And I didn't know anything about it, so I don't even know why we went to watch it. But I remember one of my friends who had, like, read all the books. He was, like, a super nerd. He was like, this is so much better than Harry Potter. Just <laughs> trust me. Like, it's it's amazing. And I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I believe you. And then coming out of the movie, I was like, you're right. So... And Coming I don't from know if... interest to like, I might really enjoy it. I have a feeling that might be the case with when I watch Dune. And I, I think it doesn't hold up as well over time because it's one of the original like big sci-fi books. And I feel like most of the sci-fi that you've seen over the last 30, 40 years have taken pieces from Dune. And so okay. now when you watch it, it's like, okay, how much more original stuff is out there because it's all been stolen at this point. Um, but that said, again, I haven't read the books in a long time. And there's also you know, more books after the first one, which I have no idea what the stories are. Um, the one thing that the 80s movie does have going for it is scenes where uh, people ride giant worms while electric guitars play. So <laughs> that part's fun, but I don't think that's going to be in the Denny Villeneuve movie. <laughs> that's like the only thing that I know about Dune. And also, I feel like at this point, I'm just looking for reasons to hate Timothy Chalamet. So... <laughs> He's getting too popular for his own good. He's going to be the next Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, that's that's a bad thing, right? Yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> like the, I think it, it's worn off now, but there there became a certain point where like Benedict Cumberbatch was in like every single movie, and it's like okay, he's good, but I'm sick of him. And it's like everyone can't stop talking about Timothy Chalamet all the time, and it's like okay, just take a break. <laughs> for anyone listening, please refer back to our uh, discussion about the the movie The King. Uh, regarding <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. I think that was our last top 10 uh, episode. Yeah. Anyways. Um, okay, that's my number four. My number three. Uh, so I way back at the start of this list, I had mentioned Wes Anderson was interested in doing a horror movie, um, which is kind of bizarre because he's more like a light, fun-hearted director taking on a horror task. Uh, so I have another one on this list, which is similar to that, which is Last Night in Soho, which is a horror movie starring Anya Taylor-Joy that's directed by Edgar Wright who did like oh. Shaun of the Dead uh, Hot Fuzz uh, that car movie whose name I'm forgetting um, Baby Driver yes Baby Driver so it's like he's a very stylish director much more known for comedy it'll be very interesting to see him take on something different um, he's also he hasn't done anything wrong in his career at this point but he's not doing like the safe things of like like the safe thing for him to do would be get Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, make another comedy movie. <laughs> but it's like, no, he's going in a completely different direction. And I really don't know what it's about. I've seen like one visual from it, but just the premise of like a really good director branching out and doing something completely different has me quite interested. If, if I had known that this existed or this was coming, then this would have been on my list as well because I love Edgar Wright. Um, and yeah, for no other reason than that. <laughs> And I also respect the hell out of him that when Marvel wanted to get him to compromise on Ant-Man, that he basically just refused and got pushed out. And it's <laughs> like, I respect him for doing that as opposed to just like making some shitty movie that he didn't want to make. 
Not that Ant-Man was shitty, but it was not what he wanted. (laughs) Damn, which is like, because Ant-Man by Marvel movie standards was quite quirky, I guess. So for that not to, to not be enough, like quirky enough for Edgar Wright, I really would love to see an Edgar Wright version of Ant Man. <laughs> I feel like those um those scenes in Ant Man where Michael Pena is doing like the he's talking and then going through the events. I feel like that was an Edgar Wright thing. Like that feels like <laughs> his type of comedy. Um, yeah. So I'm sure they like cherry picked some of his like more interesting ideas. Yeah, but then like also the cast, like to have uh, Michael Pena and Paul Rudd to like Edgar Wright comedy would have been amazing for me at least <laughs> yeah I, I wish that movie had been made missed opportunity um my third place third place movie which i know carson is going to 100 percent agree with me on and <laughs> and uh is probably number one on his list is a quiet place part two um I, I don't have to say a whole lot about this. I've talked uh, about it before on our on our on this podcast, um, and I don't know. There's not a whole lot more to say. I like the original, and um, while maybe actually maybe I'll extend an olive branch to Carson <laughs> and say uh, where the first movie was focused a lot on showing them showing the viewer how clever everything was, like oh look how we're making everything quiet. Maybe in the second movie they won't have to do that as much, and then it'll be a really cool story. <laughs> I didn't. I'm with it either hate way. The Quiet Place. I just thought everyone was like creaming their pants over it, and I was like, okay, it's a very <laughs> average movie. Myself included. <laughs> it's like the premise is interesting, and like this world where you want to like have an overabundance of like special effects and you know audio and everything like that to try to make a more restrained movie. It's just like it was a very cheap and basic way of doing it. And it's like, there's so many better versions of good audio mixing out there. It still annoys me that it won an Oscar. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with it. I'll do, I'm, I'm on the, I've got it. I've got a quiet places back. Also Killian Murphy is in this one. And I like him and the stuff he does. So that lends a bit of power to it for me. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause I kind of don't like Killian Murphy. He does interesting for, stuff. So. For no reason. I mean, he's good. I just, I, he's not, I don't know. I don't, I don't love him. Fair. That's it. Am I going again? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I made the rule and I just, <laughs> I've forgotten every single time I've had to go twice. Um, it's funny because the, my, like my top three movies or top four that I've just have on my list, I have like the least to say about them, but I am legitimately looking toward looking what's the looking forward to them jesus looking forward to them the most um and this is a good example of that number two on my list is the unbearable weight of massive talent um which i had never heard of like until two hours ago and for judging by your face you have never heard of but all i did was read the uh the the plot and i'm sold so all I'm going to say about it is that I, all I'm going to say is read the plot and say that uh, Pedro Pascal is also in it because I love him. Um, and sorry, Nicolas Cage is playing himself in this movie. 
a cash-strapped Nicolas Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but is really an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan is a drug kingpin and gets cast in, ter- in a Tarantino movie. I, I was aware of this movie. I did not know that it was the title. Oh, okay. I have to watch this movie. I... I'm curious that that's the Nick Cage one that you are most looking forward to. Um, there's another one is that he, he has coming out. This, there's another one called Prisoners of Ghostland, which is basically if Nicolas Cage was a crazy Japanese man, that's who the director of that movie was. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? So I think I've talked about this before, but the director, his name is Sion Sono. He's like a crazy Japanese director that just does like off the wall crazy stuff. Um, okay. And like him and Nick Cage is probably the most perfect pairing in cinema in the last like decade or so. Um, I've heard like, cause I think it's already debuting at like Sundance festival or something like that. And people have said like, it's not as insane as you would want it to be. Um, but I've heard it's still Nick Cage just says it's one of the funnest movies he's ever done. Oh my God. That in itself, I will, uh, I'll bump space jam out of my list and then replace, <laughs> put this squarely at number four. Yeah, that that almost fit into my uh, my list, but the early reviews had me a little bit bummed. Eh. But I'm hoping that's like the film festival crowd not appreciating Nick Cage. <laughs> if I had any like uh, knowledge of uh, like any any deeper knowledge of like Hollywood and movies, no, sorry, not Hollywood because he's Japanese, but if, yeah, if I had heard of that movie, it definitely would have gone on my list. Uh, he recently had a TV series on Prime Video called Tokyo Vampire Hotel, uh, which is about vampires kidnapping people and putting them in a hotel so that they can have a sustainable source of blood for the apocalypse. <laughs> Sion Sono? Yeah. Did? Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, my final two movies, uh, the first of which don't need to talk about because we've already talked about it, is The Green Knight. Uh, oh, cool. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, nothing more to add so much on that one that's the one uh common ground that we yeah. have in 20 yeah, movies <laughs> i i don't think we're gonna share my number one um because it is the Northman, which is a movie from one of your favorite directors robert eggers who did the witch and the lighthouse <laughs> uh so he is doing a movie set in the 10th century it is a Viking revenge tale starring Anya Taylor-Joy, Alex Skarsgård, Nicholas, or sorry, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, and Willem Dafoe. Uh, I assume they are going to have all of the accents um, and that it's going to be slow and possibly black and white and gritty and violent. And I am all for all of that. See, this movie is a trap. Okay? <laughs> this movie is a trap. I like the people in it. Willem Dafoe. Bjork is in it for some weird, from some weird yeah, it's reason. Swedish. Um, and by the way, any listeners, I don't know this off the top of my head. Like Carson said, I have no idea what this like. I have no idea about anything about this movie because I will never follow Robert Eggers' work after watching The Witch. But I mean, it sounds cool. Viking revenge saga and cool, cool cast. And then they're probably going to be sitting around and like talking in accents for for the whole time, and no one is going to die. Maybe someone will disappear. There'll be an off-screen battle, and then someone will return with blood on their face. But it's like Sorry. he doesn't. They don't really do off. 
off-screen stuff. Like he does I violence. Uh, it's just, just there's a lot of conversation in between, and I'm going <laughs> to enjoy those conversations just as much as I do the action. <laughs> I don't. Okay, I'm I'm being facetious a little bit, but I and I don't hate conversations in movies. I just I I was I was caught off guard by what I, I by watching The Witch and it. Left Did you watch The Lighthouse? I did watch The Lighthouse. Was that any I better? Mean, I mean, I had lower expectations, I guess, when I went in to watch The Lighthouse. But it also, I mean, I also wasn't, like, blown away. It was, it was, it was fine <laughs> for me. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number one. Uh, to lighten up my list, I'm going to add in a last-minute uh, honorable mention, uh, which is going to be the Snyder Cut, which is coming out oh, in yeah. two months. Uh, I think it's going to be bad, which is why it's not on my list, but I am <laughs> looking forward to at least watching it anyway. I also have an interest in those types of movies. <laughs> so I was actually, I was 100% expecting you to have that on your list anyway, like regardless. And I was prepared to ask you, what you predict the story will be in the Snyder Cut. I think it's going to be the exact same story. There's just going to be more sub-stories. You think so? Because, like, they have scenes in the trailer, which is, like, I mean, we've watched it. They have all the main scenes in, like, the main storyline, so that still has to be the same. But it's, like, I think there's going to be more cyborg, more wonder, like, more character development, which is basically, like, if you've seen the R-rated version of Batman versus Superman, it's the same story. It's just done a bit better because you understand the character motivations a bit more. And mm-hmm. I think that'll be like, they'll just add in threads that'll make the whole story more interesting. Does it need to be a four hour long movie? Maybe not, but like, <laughs> I, I like Cyborg. I like what they've done with the character in like various parts of the, of DC, like not like the main like movies that they make, but like other properties. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential there and I want to see more Cyborg. I don't think it's going to be that great because it's still Zack Snyder and he's more of a visual director and not a storyteller. Um, but yeah, anticipating, but in a different way. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you think Cyborg is going to get his own movie? No, because he's pissed <laughs> off WB and he's never going to get hired again by them. He did? Did you not hear the story? No. So basically he accused... Um, who's the director that took over Justice League? The guy who did Avengers, Yas Whedon. Um, yes. So apparently, Yas Whedon on set either cut someone out of a scene or said that they needed to lighten their skin, uh, who was a black actress. And he was talking about all this abuse on set of when Yas Whedon came what? on. He's been making, like, if you check his Twitter, he's been had a, a lawsuit against them going for like the last year or so. Um, he has thoroughly pissed off everyone. And I think they've already announced that he's been cut out of the Flash movie. So he's probably Is there any not... truth to that? I mean, well, not that you would know, I guess, but is it like are are they like reasonable claims? It they've sort of admitted that there was something there and I think they I don't know, reprimanded or said that they're no longer going to work with Yoss Whedon. Um, but he was accusing that it went as far as like Jeff Johns who was like in charge of the DC universe. Um and they've kind of said that you know, Jeff Johns is still going to be the guy at DC. So they kind of like said that there was something there, but they never formally kind of announced anything. Yikes. That's, that makes me sad to hear. 
Um, wow. Okay. Uh, they'll cool. just recast him with like Idris Elba or something. So yeah. <laughs> he, God knows he needs the work, right? <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Um, that uh, uh, that's actually more shocking than I thought. Anyways. Uh, my last movie is, uh, or the movie I'm most, most looking forward to in 2021 is Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, which is, uh, it stars Lakeith Stanfield, Lakeith, and uh, Daniel Kaluuya, which I haven't seen him in anything pr- that good ever since Get Out. At it least definitely wasn't Black Panther. <laughs> I mean, I actually really like Black Panther. Yeah, maybe the movie, his role in particular, I had issues with. Anyway. Wait, you had issues with his role? or the His movie? role, like, I was looking forward to him because I liked him in Get Out, and then he had oh. just, like, the most generic role ever. And yeah. I was like, eh, waste of your talents. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's fair. But, um, yeah, so it's uh, basically about the Black Panther Party, um, how the, the leader of the Black Panthers got uh, taken down by uh, an FBI informant. Um, I am not familiar with the story. I mean, like the, the sorry, the story, the the real events or the real people. Um, but I, I want to learn, uh, and it looks like a well done movie, just by <laughs> looking at the trailer, which I guess means nothing. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very I'm very much looking forward to it. So I have a funny story about this movie. Um, there was a trailer that came out for this like a long time ago, like before the quarantine, and then I think it was pushed off. And then they re-released the trailer to like kind of bring back like some hype around the movie. Um, and then, so I was watching it and my wife was around and at the very end of the trailer, they're like, Oh, the, the title is Judas and the black Messiah. And I was like, Oh, they changed the title. This wasn't the title that I saw back in February or March last year. And then both of us have been trying to like research this and there's no record of it ever having any other title <laughs> other than Judas and the black Messiah. <laughs> so I ha- like, I feel like they've completely erased it from the internet either that or me and her are both going crazy because we can swear like on our lives that this movie, this trailer so was released. Too. Yeah. She was like a hundred percent aligned with me that it's like, we saw this trailer nine months ago with a different title, but I cannot find for the life of me, any other title that this has had. Okay. That's, that's not what I was expecting, but uh, I, I also disagree with you that I think I'm pretty sure ever since I saw the trailer, it was always, Judas and the Black Messiah, unless it's like the, the whole people... Bernstein Bears thing again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and before uh, we we end off uh, talking about our our lists, I'm going to I'm going to commit to watching The Northman <laughs> because, like everything that I said, even though I still feel like it's a trap, <laughs> I'm I'm still very curious and. I, I want to watch it. And I'll watch Godzilla versus Kong. And then we'll talk <laughs> about movies we didn't like. <laughs> Which actually, I, I, I was, uh, I don't know. I wasn't really arguing with you about it, but <laughs> I um, surprised myself not putting it on my list. I am kind of looking forward to it still. The, uh, the biggest surprise I had from your list was that you didn't have army of the dead on there. Army of the dead which is Zack Snyder doing a, another zombie movie as a follow-up to Dawn of the Dead, starring oh! Dave Bautista as a zombie heist movie. 
Yes. No. No. Oh my god! I can't believe I forgot about that one. And um, <laughs> Garrett Dillahunt is on, isn't it too? <laughs> this is his the, year. Uh... <laughs> yeah. This is when he makes it big because of Army of the Dead. Yeah. No. I I watched. Um. I saw something about this. Uh. I think way before we had like talked about doing this episode, and I thought to myself that I really do want to watch it, and then it just completely fell out of my mind. It looks like it's going to be really cheesy, and I still like Zack Snyder. Um, and I think uh, Dave Batista said he turned down the Suicide Squad to be in this specifically. And so really? like, there are people saying good things about this, and I feel like it'll be a good entry to the zombie genre, because like Zack Snyder did, like Donna did, it was good. Yeah, yeah. I I have that. I have Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead on... Uh, on DVD and I watched all the special features <laughs> um, and just to prove it, I'll tell everyone listening that Zack Snyder used real um, amputees for zombies. Hmm. I mean, he didn't use them. Like he wasn't he, like, well, gave I them. mean, he did. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay. I guess. But anyways, yeah, sorry. That is, uh, that's number five. No, that's number four on my list right after uh, a quiet place Two. Space Jam is completely out now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I'm so mad. Anyways, I've made we've made a big deal about it now, so it's clearly on the list. The one last uh, honorable mention I'm going to have is Nightmare Alley, which is uh, Guillermo del Toro redoing like a 1930s movie with Bradley Cooper. Uh, the only reason I don't have it higher is just because I don't know. It feels like one of these love letters to old cinema that's going to be very generic. It's reminding me of Mank that just came out, which is a waste of a director's talent. <laughs> so I like Guillermo del Toro. I'm sure it'll be good, but yeah. Okay, I need to use your list. Like, whatever list you saw of movie releases, I have to use that one next time because I didn't see this one either. And now I'm taking... What was it? What else was on my list? I'm taking out... Uh... Oh, no, I'm leaving Death on the Nile. <laughs> I'm going to remove No Time to Die. And I'm going to put this on it too because I've said it many times, but I'm also a fan of Guillermo del Toro. And I feel like as soon as trailers start coming out, like I'll completely reshuffle my list as well because like all these things, like you have no idea what they're going to look like yet. So, yeah. And that's probably yeah. part of the reason why The Green Knight is so high on my list is because I've actually seen it. So, or seen the trailer. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, maybe we should do uh, next time as part of our uh, 2021. Uh, wrap up just like how we how we did well not how we did but how accurate we were all right you're stamping down the list right now then this is the one you're comparing against sam's uh, space jam well <laughs> so, yeah removing space jam i'm gonna have to re-listen to this later and or we, we will we'll post about it all right well we'll commit to this in our 2021 best of episode yes 100 percent um Look forward to our uh, our next episode, guys, uh, with the Daves against the Bens. What does that mean? Find out next episode. <laughs> All right. Good point to end it off. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.